Welcome back to Ultiverse Q, your guide to the ultimate universe. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we are talking about... A bunch of different things. Some X-Men. Some Ultimates. Some Hawkeye. Yes, specifically we are going to be covering Ultimate Comics Ultimates numbers 1 through 6. Ultimate Comics, Hawkeye numbers 1 through 4, and Ultimate Comics, X-Men numbers 1 through 6. But there are four distinctive stories in here, and also I want to start off by saying, fuck you, Nick Spencer, for not titling any of your arcs in Ultimate X-Men. Nice. I mean, it's the it's the opposite of nice, because it's we just have to come up with titles, so I guess this one would be... Reverend Stryker Jr. continues to suck ass. Mm-hmm. Like, he is an awful person, but he is also an awful character, and Ultimate Comics X-Men continues to be the most consistently bad Ultimate series. Yeah, for the most part. I don't know, there's, par- there's parts of it I liked. But, like... Out of the Ultimates uh, franchises, I mean, Spider-Man is comparatively infallible. The Ultimates have rough patches, but they've also got some highs there. And Fantastic Four is generally at least pretty consistent. You mean FF, Luke? Ultimate Fantastic Four? Or did you think I was specifically talking about Hickman's run on things? Oh, I thought you were talking about just going forward. Oh, no, I, I'm talking about, like, oh, everything Ultimate general. Comics. Oh, yes. No, 100% X-Men have been by far the worst. Yeah. Because no, nothing was ever really good. Yeah. Like, the highest point was still below, like, the start of Ultimate Fantastic Four. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing was Ultimate X-Men never seemed to really go in any new directions that actually like allowed it to explore new things. And while we're getting that now, I think more of that exploration is actually done on the Ultimate Avengers side of things. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think it hurts it, too, that Ultimate X-Men was like the one book that like a bunch of different writers did. Yeah, that lack of consistency even from the beginning and a lack yeah. of kind of a core. No because, singular vision. Mm-hmm. It was also more than I think the other stories a, oh, let's just bring back all of this X-Men stuff and put our own spin on it as opposed to generally introducing new things. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Like I know um, you don't necessarily always like... Uh... Mr. Millar, but that man at least has a vision, so. Yeah. With Ultimates, when he swings, he'll miss, but when he hits, he does hit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, later on, it's just like, oh, let's make everybody actively horrible, and... Uh, yeah. But, uh, we've got good stuff to talk to, and then a good story, or a good table setting to wrap things up because we got jonathan hickman on as a writer for ultimate ultimates or ultimate or ultimate comics ultimates 
and Ultimate Comics Hawkeye. And I got a question for you, Devin. Mm-hmm. What color do you think Shrek's piss is? What a great question. I would still say it's clear, just like the water, like, uh, if he drinks enough water, but then I would also say it's probably brown. Because you know that he probably pees in the water when he's taking his shower in the morning. Yeah, but I mean, the brown, I, I... He keeps it consistent with the water. Uh, so brown urine is usually caused by hepatitis or cirrhosis. But Shrek's an ogre, so it can be different. Alright. If we're talking how normal kidneys work, then I would just say he pees normal, but... Yeah. I thought you wanted to be fun and inventive, Luke. No. I mean, I'm glad he didn't just say, like, green like his skin. Because then I'd ask you what color your urine is, and is it pink like your skin? That's fair. Yeah, no, because that would be a cop-out. Yeah. Anyways, the Shrek Reddit did not actively discuss this enough for me. They just ended up going and attacking a person who accidentally said that Shrek was fictional. And downvoting him into oblivion. You know what? That person deserves it, though, so... Uh, thank you for engaging in the mind space. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, up first is Ultimate Comics Ultimates numbers 1 through 4, The Republic is Burning. Written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Assad Ribic, colors by Dean White, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. These men would later team up to create one of the best uh, events for Marvel. Ziggy Pig. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. it is wild to see this team first showing up here, and then we're going to just continue to see them because they also did work on Hickman's Avengers run, which also led into the best event, which is Secret Wars. Secret Written by John Wars. Hickman. Secret Wars. And drawn by Assad, really. Yeah. It is kind of wild because last year I read all of Secret Wars on vacation and I also read all of Dragon Ball Z and now I'm talking about the origin of it and I'm also watching all of Dragon Ball. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's a, the dub is a lot more racist than I remember it being. It's like, oh hey, here's a brown skinned person. We're going to give him a racist as hell accent! Yay! And you know that all the voices are pretty much done by white people. Oh, 100%. Thank you, Funimation, for crumpling up some of my dreams. Uh, anyways, uh, so there are a few main situations going on in the world right now that Nick Fury is dealing with uh, Asgard got returned and the Asgardians are pretty much doing what they want, which includes raiding a brewery, which the EU is not happy about because 
They've got their own super soldiers, led by the new Captain Britain, Jamie Braddock. In the Southeast Asian Republic, there's rumors of unrest, which is where Hawkeye is going in his Hawkeye series. In South America, there's a big blockade, which Tony Stark is supposed to be dealing with, but he is hanging out with Shinobi Shaw, and he has his new Jarvis, who is actually named William. And here's the thing that I wanted to ask. Mm -hmm. Do you think the Southeast Asian Republic was caused by Tony Stark's brother's revolution, like actually destabilizing the country, or something else, uh, like maybe the ultimatum wave? I don't know, because I, I couldn't tell if it was supposed to like, be part of what they had stopped at the end of that one arc. Yeah, because... With, like, the Spider-Man? Yeah, because that was in North Korea. Yeah. But the fact that it is a newly established country, we don't really get a lot of origin for it, and especially later on in Hawkeye, it feels very yellow peril Yeah. Like, it's, oh, this is containing, like, at least Thailand and some other nearby countries, but it's pretty much a mono-state controlled completely by a awful fascist government. Well, even when they were doing the North Korean one and the One Ultimate storyline, I kind of felt like they were, like, a bigger thing. Yeah, but I mean, the Korean one was the one that they actually stopped. Yes. Because they went after weird, fake Spider-Man. No, we, what I'm saying is I feel like it was supposed to have been part of something bigger. Yeah, we just never get an explanation for it, and I wanted to reach out to like the editors or like Jonathan Hickman about this. But also, I don't think they really care anymore. I mean, probably. And I mean, they'd go through and do this again when they came up with, uh, what was the bullshit Marvel history where, like, oh, the war that, uh, I think it was, like, Sion Kong or something like that, where it was like, yeah, Punisher didn't serve in Vietnam, there was just, in the 90s, another Vietnam war against, like, the Mandarin and shit, and it's like, that's, that's not great. No. Sometimes it's like, just sticks out the... The world ages and the comic characters don't. It does, but it's also a struggle for like, oh, we want this world to be relatable to our readers, but also we want it to uh, have fun and zany adventures. What was the line from the uh, Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie episode? Oh, so you want it to be down to earth, but also crazy and off the wall. Yeah, like, that's that's really the struggle, and I'd rather see more comics being like, oh, as we introduce world, or as we introduce superheroes into this world, it is less relatable. Like, they start dealing with problems that we can't really fathom, and that's what we're going to start getting in this arc, because if nothing else, Hickman is willing to shake up the entire globe with actual mm -hmm. earth-shattering events that are beyond, oh, a big wave came. Remember so, that time we got hit by that big wave, Luke? No, because we live in the Midwest. That's true. Coastal elites, I am sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. 
Anyways, new Captain Britain, Jamie Braddock, gets into a fight with the Asgardians, and in South America, Tony is remote piloting his Iron Man suit, and he's like, hey, what's going on with this weird ship that all these other ships are blockading? And then he finds that there is a Stark Industries bomb that goes off, and he gets caught up in the explosion, remote piloting the Iron Man suit. And while Captain Britain and the other members of the European Union heroes, also known as Excalibur, are fighting with Thor and the Asgardians, they end up finding the Dome, which is a big old dome made by the Maker, who, if you don't remember, is Reed Richards, who is turning more and more evil. Was it established, though, that he is Maker? Oh, yeah, it was established in, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Ultimate Fallout. Yeah. Just I, nobody... I, I, I couldn't remember if they used that name or not. They did. Okay. But they needed to reestablish everything for people who didn't want to buy a six-issue series, especially after everyone was like, oh, the first issue of this is really good, but it's all going rapidly downhill from here. Mm-hmm. And so... Suddenly, Nick Fury has three big-ass situations on his hand. Uh, turns out that the Dome is a time-dilated, ultra-utilitarian society led by Reed Richards, where a thousand years of evolution have passed. And so Thor and the Excalibur heroes are trying to fight. Thor is the only match, and he gets captured and brought before the Maker. And the Maker's like, oh, hey, Thor, you know how you got these god powers? We got science to study that. Oh, it's all connected to Yggdrasil and Odin. Let's go and destroy it. And Jamie Braddock, the new second Captain Britain, is like, Oh, well, we're getting the fuck out of here. Thanks for uh, coming in to help us out. And everybody on the Excalibur team, except for the Captain France, is like, Yeah, we're getting out. And Thor is like, Hey, thank you for standing with me. Because you don't just stand for France. You also stand for Asgard. Which is a nice rebuttal to Mark Millar's What do you think the say on my head stands for? Without being overly shitty about it. I still enjoy that joke. I think it's a good character piece for who Ultimate Captain America is, but at the same time, it did not age well. No. Uh, so... Uh, Tony gets resurrected, or, so Tony gets woken up by new Jarvis, and Fury lets him know that, yeah, uh, that explosion that you failed to prevent was nuclear, but also what's going on in Germany is a big concern. Thor, seeing that Asgard is getting destroyed, takes his son, who we haven't, well, we know that he had a son with Hela. Yeah. But I don't. I, I feel like it was not son. that. Yeah, I agree. I was gonna say I didn't feel like it was that kid. Yeah. So Thor takes his son. Is like, hey, fuck you, Hela, for trying to stop me. Gives his son Mjolnir and then sticks him inside the World Tree. And goes out fighting with Loki before he is overpowered. And Iron Man just saves Thor as 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 Asgard is destroyed. And yeah, we get like a actual big climactic moment that feels big and climactic. Mm-hmm. And this Which, is volume one. Yeah, like, this isn't even the first issue. Like, the fact that there's actual <laughs> impact and we understand what is going on here is 
something that I think Ultimates on a level has failed to do when they've tried to do global issues as opposed to more personal conflicts. Mm-hmm. But also, they're getting the personal stuff really well here because everyone sort of has their own mini arc instead of oh, we've just got to do something with Tony. And so, speaking of Tony, a few days later, he's like, hey, Thor, you know how you had that EU-provided Thor armor before you got your actual powers back? I've made it better. Let's go and fuck up the city, as it has become now. Because it's eaten more and more of Europe. Hawkeye has returned from his miniseries, and Fury's like, all right, well, since I got all of you Ultimates here, including Black Widow, the Furious ex-wife, Monica Chang, and Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. They go and try and nuke the city, and it does nothing. The helicarriers that they brought are getting destroyed, and so Thor has to get them all out of there. And Thor is like, yeah, I didn't do enough here, so he goes in to try and destroy the city by himself. Instead, he finds Jamie Braddock, who still got captured, and the maker shows up and he's like, hey, yeah, you're, you're fucked over here. Uh, let me know what, uh, or you can go and pass on the information that I am Reed Richards. You can't fight my children. We, uh, we're going to take over the earth. And before Thor basically surrenders to these awful situations that he is in, turns out that he now has all of Asgard in him because he is the new living Valhalla and he delivers the maker's message to Nick Fury that they're going to take over the earth and yeah nobody wins or there's no real victory at this point the end no moral yeah it's it is a big change from the sort of America fuck yeah aesthetics that ultimates have been so far Mm -hmm. like we got criticism before but this is oh nick fury doesn't just have some bullshit deus ex machina to pull out here he just gonna lose Mm -hmm. yeah i think it is like a incredibly strong start it also has a bear that is drinking with asgardians that they stole from a brewery so it has something for everybody. And their big beef with Captain Britain was when he poured that drink on the ground. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, there is so much going on in this. It's great. Um, I don't know. I feel like we could put this above Ultimate Spider-Man, Death of Spider-Man. Yeah. I, do you think it's better than Ultimate Spider-Man Hollywood? No. I mean, a number three spot for Ultimate Comics, Ultimates numbers one through four of the Republic is burning, is huge at this point. It has been, well, I was going to say it's been a while since we've gotten anything higher, but we did have Ultimate Spider-Man, Death of Spider-Man, and Ultimate Fallout, Spider-Man No More on here. And that was like two weeks ago. Yeah. But uh, this brings our list up to 153. And yeah, I mean, it's a, I don't know what happened, 
we're actually going to have some losses. This is sort of the prestige stuff that we want. And then like knowing what I remember about what happens with the maker is fascinating. Uh, we then have Ultimate Comics Hawkeye, numbers 1 through 4, a mini-series written by Jonathan Hickman with pencils by Rafa Sandoval, with inks by Jordi Tarragona, colors by Brad Anderson, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And uh, it's, it's an interesting one that's a bit more of table setting. Yes. But we also finally get some more information on, like, who Hawkeye is in this miniseries. Uh, no longer a family man. Nope. We find out now that the Southeast Asian Republic has been unleashing a virus that would destroy the X gene in people from other countries. And really just around the world. And the way that they're talking about how this virus is going to spread is like, oh, shit, yeah, no, that's how corona is spreading. And even though corona sometimes will have symptoms, people still aren't concerned about spreading that. And yeah, it's just like, ah, oh, Johnny, Johnny Hicks, you, uh, you, you're, you're a smart dude. You're a smart dude. Yeah, so the Southeast Asian Republic is like, hey, there's going to be a superhero arms war. Let's go and cripple everybody else. And then they create the serum, which essentially mutates people, giving them powers. And they call these new mutants the people. Which I think is a very good idea. I like this sort of geopolitical, oh yeah, this makes sense for what people would be doing. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for the Southeast Asian Republic, the people, as they are called, are revolting. And Hawkeye has been sent in to try and recover the people who developed the serum. He finds out that, uh, oh, nobody actually like kept the notes they've been destroyed so he's just like okay well fuck it and he finds out that there is a city where the people are staying because the people send this message saying that oh yeah we're we're willing to give powers to everybody and so fury's like all right well we're going to send in ultimate x which is nick fury's black ops mutant team and also the hulk and so because, you know, Hulk hasn't been doing stuff for a little bit. Gotta make sure he's feeling useful. We totally forgot about what had happened with the Hulk. Part of me was just like, are we sure that he didn't just die in that one arc? Yeah, Ultimate X was awful. Uh, so we also got Oh, some not that one. It was the... No, where it becomes a vampire. That was Nerd Hulk. Yeah. That was the clone of Hulk. Yeah, I can't forget him. He was a clone. Trouble by Mark Millar. Saw it in the store the other day. I almost bought a copy for you, Luke. Aww. Uh, but then I yeah. know that you probably just frown when you saw it. So. I mean, we'll have to cover it sometime. It's true. I don't believe and it is on Unlimited. It's also not in Comicsology. Maybe I'll look for it again. Yeah, so we get a flashback and learn about how Clint had been an Olympic gold medalist, and he never actually did any training for it. He just went in and was like, hey, give me that bow. Oh, look at me shooting so well, because my eyes are, like, super good. 
And there was light, because it's like, that's true, but there's more than just your eyes that go with being a bow person. <laughs> well, also, his hands are super good. Yeah. Which is how he can just throw anything. Yeah, it's... I'm perfectly fine with this. And he did some crimes and murdered some people, and Nick Fury's like, hey, I want him to be on my team. So he gets the rank of a military captain and gets his record expunged, which is nice because we had some references to how he has some bad how he had some bad stuff in his past, but we still don't really know what it is otherwise. So Hawkeye, Firestar, Karen Grant, who is actually Jean Grey, Guardian, who is Derek Morgan, who has the wings and who nobody remembers and who doesn't really get to do anything in this arc. Nope. And Bruce Banner are heading, and it turns out that there are some Twin Cities here. There's the Northern City. And that's where the rest of the team is going to go to, except for the Hulk, who was sent into the Southern City as a distraction. And so they try and find the serum, which the people call the source. And the guy's like, oh yeah, you want this serum? That's that's great. My name is Zorn. My twin brother, <gasps> Zorn with a Z, founded this twin city of Tian with me. And I'm in charge of the Celestial City, where we just want to give these powers to everybody. And my brother, Zorn with a Z, runs the Eternal City. And they kind of want to take over and get revenge on all the bullshit that went ha that uh, went down. Hulk is getting his ass kicked by Zorn with a Z. But then other Zorn and Hawkeye come in and they're like, Hey, uh, can we just get the serum and get out of here? And Karen Grant and the rest of the mutants are like, Hey, we want to stay. And Zorn with an X is like, Yeah, that's great. But also Zorn with a Z is like, Hey, Hulk, you attacked and killed our people also you're not technically a mutant and shoots them off to some temple in the mountains where he recognizes somebody and we don't know where that's going right now nope and then hawkeye gets back and he's like okay well i got the sample i get my job done and nick fury is like that's why i love you oh uh, yeah i'm here for double zorns because that is the bullshit that i'm here for like that is the oh, we're going to take something from the normal 616 and then rapidly change it. No, agreed. I mean, that that's where the, like, ultimate stuff is at its best. Yeah. But also, recognizing the Zorn bullshit the way that they did is great. That's fair. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar... Zorn was a character introduced in Grant Morrison's new X-Men run, who, spoilers for the new X-Men run, turned out to be Magneto the entire time, but he had been this caring teacher who was also able to heal people. Turned out that he was just doing everything with the nanomachines that he could psychically control, and he was essentially a coked-up madman. Because he was like, hey, uh, fuck Magneto being sympathetic. The guy has tried genocide several times, and he should probably get back to that as a sign that, oh, look at our revolutionary figures. We shouldn't really glorify them because if they stick around long enough, they end up just turning. Yeah. And then Marvel Editorial was like, 
Oh, well, Grant, uh, we want to thank you for coming in and doing your arc. Not sure what that last thing was about. It was like the Wizard of Oz, I guess. But uh, yeah, we're never going to see you again. So uh, go off, fuck yourself, write a bunch of Batman for DC. Uh, so editorial team, you know how everybody loves Zorn, but hated the Magneto reveal? Or, well, a lot of people hate the Magneto reveal? What if this Zorn pretending to be, what if Zorn was pretending to be Magneto, pretending to be Zorn, it was actually a crazy alien from outer space who had a twin brother? And that's essentially what happened with Zorn. No one would ever see it coming. <laughs> They'll never see me coming. Remember that movie, Devin? I do. What movie was that? It was, a uh, Dark Knight. That's right. That The Joker. The Joker. The laughing man. I haven't seen that, like, since Obama's election night, because that was the last time that I watched The Dark Knight. Nice. Mm-hmm. Hot take. That movie's fine. Yeah. Uh, Hot, anyways. Hotter take. Nolan is not a good director. Potter take, Nolan steals a lot of his good ideas from anime and then just like the Disney adaptations executes them in real life but ultimately loses some of the majesty of doing something animated. Sure. Inception was pretty much Paprika's visuals stolen and just rendered in real life instead of anime. Oh, very true. Uh, yeah. So, we then have Ultimate Comics, X-Men, and fuck you again, Nick Spencer, for not giving this arc a title. Uh, it was written by Nick Spencer, with pencils by Paco Medina, and fill-ins by Carlo Barbary, with inks by Juan Velasco, with colors by Marte Gracia, David Curiel, and Rex Locus, with letters by VC's Joe Sabino. And, yeah we get like a really short scene that's just like, oh, humans are just awful to mutants, but it actually adds nothing and makes no sense in context because Karen Grant is trying to recruit a kid for something and then it's like, oh, her dad was upstairs the entire time murdering her because she had power she couldn't control. And it's like, was she All done going- with that chapter. Was she going to be recruited for, like, the Ultimate X team? Or was she going to be sent off to one of the concentration camps they have for mutants? Uh, yeah. Unclear. It is the most formulaic, oh, people are afraid of mutants and parents don't know what to do bullshit that I think there is. Mm Mm-hmm. Valerie Cooper, the special liaison on superhuman and mutant affairs to the president, is holding a conference where she is like, yeah, the United States government funded lab research in Canada that led to the creation of mutants, which spread like a virus. And the news got leaked out earlier, so there's a bunch of rioting going on, and Jimmy Hudson, Wolverine Shitty Son, is like, hey, I know I'm in a room with the rest of the Ultimate X team for some reason. I'm going to leave and get out of here because I'm angry. And other mutants are 
getting put in concentration camps, or they're just being tortured. Mm -hmm. And free mutants are being tracked down. It's it's very dumb. Like, it's not a dumb... Nick Spencer has solid ideas, but bad execution in this arc, is what I would say. Yeah. Like, these ideas with a better writer, with someone who actually has more empathy or understanding of these characters, could be really good. And instead, it's just the most generic shit that you can find. He only does great when he's writing Spider-Man characters. Uh, yep. So the president is really upset that Nick Fury doesn't have all this under control while Nick Fury is dealing with everything else going on in the world and Pietro bursts into their meeting and he's like, hey, remember me? I really suck. I'm also fast. I'm also Me alive. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Kitty, Johnny, and Bobby are in the Morlock tunnels. They're hearing about the attacks and Kitty's like, yeah, we shouldn't go and rescue people. And Bobby's like, but should we rescue Rogue? And Kitty's like, all right, I guess. So the three X-Men try and fight one of the Nimrod Sentinels that they have, which this is one of the things where it's like, why would they make Nimrod Sentinels exactly the same as they are in like the normal 616? Because laziness. Yeah. Uh, but they're basically unable to destroy it, and Kitty's like, yeah, then we're just going to get the fuck out of here, and Rogue explains that she came because she is listening to God. Who told her to come here? And meanwhile, Reverend Stryker, who, if you forgot, became a cyborg after Ultimatum killed his family, mm -hmm. is rounding up mutants and mutant sympathizers, and he also believes that he is following God. And as the X-Men who live in the sewers are returning, they find Ultimate Maggot, who ended up saving Jimmy when they were both captured by Stryker. Jimmy gets up and he's like, hey, we've got to save all these mutants. And Stryker's in one of the weirdest things is like, hey, you know how we have a government that actively is hunting down and killing mutants and putting them into concentration camps? You remember how that's happening, Devin? I, I do. Stryker's men decides to kill every cop, National Guardsman, and soldier in New York City. And it's like, no, they wouldn't. Chances are, none of these pieces of shit would actually try and stop mutant extermination. Uh, yeah, all caps are bastards. They'd be teaming up. Yeah, they, they really would. It's such a weird scene. That I think is just mainly, oh, why aren't the cops doing anything? And Spencer, who... Remember how he ran a really racist campaign in Cincinnati? Probably not. Spencer's like, no, they're 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 all going to be killed. We don't have to worry about that. Uh yeah. Uh, we also find out that Stryker is hallucinating his father, who claims to be sent by God. Or sorry, who claims to be sent by God. And Pietro, meanwhile, is still in the office of the White House, and Nick Fury's like, yeah, I don't want to deal with any of this shit. I've got other problems going on. And Pietro's like, hey, what if you had Cerebro to hunt down all the mutants? 
And the X-Men, meanwhile, are back in the sewers. They're getting angry. And they're like, hey, Kitty, why didn't you go and save Spider-Man? And Kitty gets really pissed off reasonably. So while the rest of the team goes to try and help the other mutants who Stryker has captured, Kitty goes to check on Mag, and he's like, hey, why is Rogue with you? She's working with Stryker. Womp, 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 womp. And it turns out that Stryker's whole plan is he can remove mutations from people, but if they don't repent after he's removed their mutations, he will still just kill them. And it turns out that Rogue promised to bring the team to him, and then he would in return heal her mutation. And yeah, she turns on the team before Kitty shows up. And the president's like, all right, well, let's go use this Cerebro thing. And meanwhile, Valerie is looking into Stryker because she thinks this whole thing is suspicious. Quicksilver uses Cerebro to send an army of Sentinel Nimrods to go and try and kill the team. And Valerie finds out that, oh, uh, Stryker was a mutant whose father had him taking drugs to suppress his powers, but uh, he stopped taking the drugs, and it turns out that his power is controlling machines. And so just as Kitty kills Stryker, he takes over all of the Sentinels and directs them to kill all the mutants. The Sentinels attack, and Kitty's like, oh, yeah, uh, you know what's a heroic thing to do? I'm going to hide all of you from the Sentinels that are here, and then they'll just go and murder everybody else. Like, That's called someone even... else's problem, Luke. It is some bullshit. And it is a awful moment for Ultimate Kitty. And then they just head into the Morlock Tunnels, and that's when the Oracle from Tian comes and is like, Hey, everybody, come and join our nation. And it turned out that Rogue was expecting this, because she wasn't actually talking to God. She was talking to Charles Xavier. What? Like <gasps> an Xavier. Papa Chaz. Oh, we didn't rank Ultimate Comics Hawkeye. Or Ultimates. Oh, I know we did. Yeah. Uh, well, let's rank Ultimate Comics Hawkeye first. I think Ultimate Comics Hawkeye has a lot of good stuff. It is what I'm here for. Uh, I think it's also a lot more enjoyable than Ultimate Comics Thor. I'd agree. I think it's better than... I think it's stronger than Ultimate Clone Saga. Sure. Uh, do you think it's better than Ultimate Spider-Man Annual Number 1, more than you bargained for? I do not. Alright. So our new number 7 is Ultimate Comics Hawkeye, numbers 1 through 4. Knocking Ultimate Spider-Man Legacy out of the top 10. And then Ultimate Comics X-Men, which has no subtitles, so it's... Striker Returns. I'll just say that. Like, even the trades are just... This is Ultimate Comics X-Men by Nick Spencer, Volume 1. The end. Come up with some fucking names. Uh, yeah, I think it is a very bad story. It's more of just, we don't know what to do with these characters to any degree. Where are you going to shoot it, Luke? The bottom? It's not the worst. Like, that is the thing. We have had so many bad 
and awful Ultimate X-Men stories that I don't think it is going into the very bottom. Like, I think it's better than Shadow King. Like, it's actually executed. But I don't think it's better than Ultimate uh, Fantastic Four The Salem 7. That's fair. Uh, do we think it's better than Ultimate X-Men Date Night? Uh, no. Uh, is it better than Ultimatum X-Men Requiem number one? Mm, no. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I, that was the one where it's just like, hey, we have to bury all these people and Bobby destroy this mansion and also the Brotherhood is here for some reason so we can have a fight with Captain America. Uh, I suppose so. Fine. So our new number, 123 out of 155, is Ultimate Comics X-Men Striker Returns. And then last, we have Ultimate Comics Ultimates, numbers 5 through 6, The World, written again by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Brandon Peterson and Asad Ribic, with colors by Dean White, Jose Villarubio, Jim Charalapatis, Edgar Delgado, and John Rausch, with letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And this is... Interesting, because it's more of a setup for, okay, here's the opening salvo. We need to have some issues to, like, breathe and see how everybody is doing with this, which mm -hmm. is one of the things that I don't think always works, but just because of how intense the Ultimate Comics Ultimates have been so far, I think it does work here. I, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, Fury is having a rough time because he doesn't know what to do next. Uh, Tony Stark heads to the Kratos Club because he's like, uh, they murdered thousands of people using my technology. And he confronts them and they're just like, uh, we made a lot of money. We own 9% of the world. What What is wrong about this? Uh, Jessica Drew finds out about the new Miles Morales Spider-Man. Hawkeye is brought to testify about the serum, Tian, and the defection of the X-Team, who are now being called the Runaways. Thor is being haunted by the Ghost of Dead-Ass Guardians, and is not really sure what to tell Jane Foster. Maybe that's where his son came from. I don't think she would have had enough time to get pregnant. I don't know, because apparently they've been sleeping together for at least some time. Maybe but he has that... been this entire time. But he also the kid is like five years old or so. Maybe he's just a two-timing bitch. Uh, Fury sends in Sam Wilson, the Falcon, to explore the city himself. But the stealth isn't good enough. The Maker finds him and he's like, Hey, Sam, Falcon, buddy, uh, you're, you're the only person I'm going to allow into the city to explore it. Uh, because you're going to find out that this city is the only way to save the Earth from what is coming. Which, I'm glad that Falcon's back. I liked Falcon. Mm -hmm. Nick Fury tries to go to New Mexico to bring Captain America back, but instead he's just eating rattlesnakes. And he's like, yeah, I understand the Maker's back, but uh, you just want me back as a symbol. Fuck you, Nick Fury. Captain Britain, Jamie Braddock, mourns the condition of his brother Brian, the first Captain Britain who's got cancer. And also he is angry at his dad, and then Fury is like, hey, well, Hawkeye... We gotta do something, so uh, let's attack Tian next, because, you know, maybe we'll get some powers out of this situation, because I've got an ex-wife and a son to look after. 
And yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Two issues of Nick Fury trying to figure out what to do in a world that is on fire. How about yours? That's the way I like it. I'll never get bored. Hey, Nick. You're an all-star. Get your eye back. It's a gun. And yeah, it's definitely not as good as our number three story, but I think it's still a lot of very good table setting mm-hmm. and moments. I could put it above Ultimates 2, Gods and Monsters. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Fantastic Four Silver Surfer? Better. Uh, Ultimate Clone Saga. Not as good. Uh, I think it is better than Public Scrutiny, though. Sure. So our new number nine, knocking Ultimate Spider-Man sidetracked out of the top ten, is Ultimate Comics, Ultimates, numbers five through six, The World. And yeah, that is what we got. So, Devin, Mm -hmm. do you know what we are covering next time? Some Spider-Man. And also some Ultimate Comics, Ultimates. There's really not a lot to cover. I was going to say, it's now just between three series. Mm -hmm. Well, and then we're going to be getting close to Spider-Man. Yes. Which we'll be covering in October. But yeah, uh, we had three really good stories from two really good series, and then Ultimate X-Men will continue until... Morale improves. Yes. So, I don't know. Uh, We tried to record a podcast last week, and I was an idiot and didn't listen to Devin, and so my audio was really bad. And so you can listen to the bad audio podcast where you talk about, what was it, Love Chemicals or something like that? Chemical Heart. Chemical Heart, that's right. But my audio is flawless, so you can hear my soothing voice the entire time. And you can hear the hot new theme song that I wrote for it. Our new podcast, Boys on Film. Boys on Film. Yeah. But then uh, back next else? week with the new Nicholas Cage movie. Ghost Rider. Exciting time. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, starting in like a week or two, I am going to have my new actual play podcast, Established Property Playhouse Matinee, starting. It's going to be a Pokemon actual play with a lot more production than anything that I've done before. And for those of you who are fans of Exiled, uh, if all goes well, we are going to be recording our Exiled annual this week. That should be so a good that time. should be coming up soon. Yeah, I am. I am excited about it. So yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you to our new uh, Patreon backers because Devin, we had a new Patreon backer. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you to our newest Patreon, Sky, and also Abigail. For your support. 
so uh, that wraps us up at this point. Devin, you want to say where people can find you? Yeah, you can find me online at Fred FFET, that's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T, and Luke, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at at Coltreg, K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or at L-U-K-E-H-E-R-R, that's LukeHair.com. I'm trying to get my portfolio site good, but, you know, the world just keeps on burning. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you enjoy this, we have a Facebook for Multiversal Q that you can follow where I'm trying to post there. Uh, you can also go and follow us on Twitter. If you like the show, please like, rate, and review us on iTunes or whatever system. And uh, yeah, pop an email to us if you do that, or send us a Twitter message if you can, so we know that that is coming up. We will uh, be back in two weeks, unless you want to listen to our Nicolas Cage podcast, in which case we'll be back next week with Ghost Rider. Nick Cage, on a bike, on a bike, Nick Cage. Catch you on the flip mode. Peace.